0: Welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. Uh, we explore topics that get us thinking, talking, discovering the connections to ourselves, the people in our lives, our community, and the world around us. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And today we're going to be talking about a very special Minnesota gem. We'll be talking about the Museum of Russian Art, Tamora. And Tamora has served the Twin Cities as a window into the Russian art, history, and culture. Their mission is education, enlightenment, and engagement through the art of Russia. They're dedicated to introducing museum goers to a variety of Russian art, history, and culture. So today we have some wonderful guests that we'll be sharing about that. I want to welcome Vladimir Tersakov, who is the artistic director, who is the executive director, uh, we also have the artist, Lian Husha, who has his exhibition, Up and Running, and we'll learn more about that. We also have his storyteller and publicist, Melinda Nelson. Welcome, you all. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad you're Thank here. You. So you have an opening recently, March 11th, and it was quite the big party
1: Absolutely. Uh, it was a wonderful event, and I think it's probably the largest crowd we've ever drawn for an exhibition opening. Um, and even though, as you just mentioned, that the museum focuses, as, as you see even from the name of it, on the Russian art or the Russian experience artistically, culturally, and otherwise, but um, we also look at Russia's neighbors and, and really the kind of intersection of influences both uh, on the Russian uh, lands, and its people, and uh, vice versa, because there's so many wonderful intersections that uh, are available available to us. So um, the recent opening was of a American artist from the Twin Cities uh, with Ukrainian heritage, uh, which of course is one of the bordering countries to Russia, um, and obviously it's a wonderful choice to uh, highlight. Those traditions and that and that legacy, um, especially bringing to the Museum of Russian Art a local native Twin City son, Leon Husha. Leon, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: You are very welcome. It's uh, delightful to be here, and I'm very very uh, excited about this conversation we are about to have.
0: Well, you've got quite the reputation both nationally and internationally for your bold polychromatic artwork, which includes both paintings and sculpture. Tell me about when you started as an artist and when you knew you were an artist.
2: Oh, boy, that's a good one. I think uh, without exaggerating, I don't think there was such a thing as a start. Hmm. It's always simply been uh, since, I was, since I can remember I've loved uh, painting, I've loved sculpture, I've loved arts, I've loved the arts. Um, So there is no starting point. It simply is.
0: It's always been a passion.
2: Completely and totally.
0: So you've got some um, themes that run through your art, and of course I was absolutely drawn to your horse theme. Thank you. Beautiful horses. And you say, you told me earlier how you started even doodling horses in high school.
2: I've was. i I've been doing horses since uh, my grandfather presented my brother and I uh, with a contest. The contest was draw a horse, <laughs> and uh, the winner was me. So uh-huh. ever since then, I've been doing the horse.
0: And why do you suppose you are attracted to that theme?
2: I think there's an independence thing that happens with horses that uh, we're either conscious of or not conscious of but there's the spirit of freedom that we see in a horse. Uh, Unfortunately, there is not much left in our country, but there are wild horses in the West. And I think, uh, for me, it's been a symbol of freedom.
0: And a spirit of America. Absolutely. You have some other things that you do. You um, do a lot with women
2: as well. I love women.
0: And it shows in your art. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Beautiful sculpture as well as paintings. And what draws you to create those in very different ways?
2: Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's something inherent in, in the, um, the history of art, the tradition of art. Mm. Uh, we, we all have a tradition in regards to what we do, and we explore that tradition with our, with our eyes, with our fresh eyes, given our time that we live in. So you take an old subject and you make it new, that's, that's, uh, that's a very interesting way to go. You,
0: uh, I also noted you had brought me a, a catalog of featuring uh, some Twin Cities, notary, notary- noto- uh, notoriety, notoriety. Yeah, folks of notoriety. Um, what, what drew you to doing that?
2: I I think it's really important that we collaborate in regards to uh the arts and other parts of society. I think collaboration is is a necessity and without it uh we as a people as a as a species uh are in trouble. Mm. I think collaboration is is the way of the future and we should think about it more than we do. I think We are miseducated in this country in regards to being singular and champions and not neighbors and working together. Uh, We're always trying to win the blue ribbon. But that's not what life's really about. I think giving is more important than taking. And I think once we get used to that, things could change. It's just I don't see it. So I'm trying to exercise that a little bit in my own life. Uh, I was taught not to collaborate, really. As being an artist, you think of yourself as being unique and one-of-a-kind. But that's not enough. Being unique and one-of-a-kind can sometimes be non-thinking. I think we have to collaborate. And that was my demonstration in our community of collaboration of different... different. Uh, Arts. Mm. D- Photographers. Photographers, and... uh, directors, humorists, uh, people I feel are accomplished, can help one another.
0: Mm-hmm. You've been called the Great
1: Connector.
2: I have been by Stu Ackerberg, who's a developer in Minneapolis. And one of the things that's interesting is I don't think people put artists together with developers, but we're all part of the same community. Mm-hmm. And we can work together, and we should work together.
0: Well, very often it seems like it's the artist that goes into the warehouse spaces and makes them cool. And then you get developers coming in afterwards and going, oh, yeah, this is a cool place. And and then sometimes artists get displaced. What do you think about that?
2: That's sort of traditional. You Mm -hmm. know, So New York was was a frightening place Mm -hmm. until uh, the limousines started pulling up in front of the galleries because the limousines bring the restaurants, and the restaurants bring the uh, hotels and the hotels. It all follows.
0: So tell me about Balancing Act. That's the name of the exhibition, right?
2: Well, Balancing Act is sort of part of life itself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a title I've used before with, with success because I think people can relate to their own lives as a balancing act.
0: I'm particularly drawn to the um, woman with the uh, bowl of apples on her head. It looks like apples. Am I correct?
2: Are I they, think you are correct. They
0: look like good pieces of fruit. <laughs> um, it, it, but the colors are really astounding. They're very bright. You, know, Thank you, you. You bring this beautiful red head with big, gorgeous apples that she's balancing. You don't normally think of a woman taking a basket and putting an apple on her head, but apples sort of have a, a long history
2: well, you see, with myth
0: if nothing else
2: <laughs> it's 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 culturally maybe different for us but around the world women have been carrying things on their heads for hundreds of years mm-hmm. either fortunately or unfortunately mm-hmm. they're the laborers and you'll see in other cultures in their depictions of women with bundles on their heads mm-hmm. you know and it's uh that's not, that's not why I did that painting but I'm just saying yeah. it's uh it's traditional in some cultures, not ours.
0: When you were picking the art for the exhibition, is that something that you did collaboratively, or did you pick pieces that you felt best represented a variety of the work that you've done
2: that's That's a real good question i think I think what it came down to is I wanted people to see part of my history and to see what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. and see the relationship between one painting and another, one idea and another, one direction and another, and to let people know that you don't have to participate in one direction your whole career, that you should enjoy yourself i mean this is this is kind of a free deal, life itself, and we, and we should take advantage of it and honor it, and by honoring it, we should explore it and have a, and have a, a good a good time.
0: you talk about ideas that are represented in your painting, and I know collaboration we've just talked about is one idea. What are some of the other ideas that, that you like to explore with your art?
2: Well, you know, traditionally the color and the composition and the attitude, you're always, you're always dealing with the attitude of your time. So you take the past and you uh, distort it into the present, basically.
0: Is this when you are looking at your car rear view window or uh, rear mirror and looking back and forward at the same time that you were uh, telling me earlier?
2: I think that's a, just an interesting phenomenon <laughs> which I experience quite often when I'm driving down the highway. When you're looking ahead and then you look at your rear view mirror, you're seeing the future and the past and you're living sort of, but never in the present. Mm-hmm. So it, it questions time. You can think about that.
0: Is there another piece that, um, that has special meaning for you that's at the exhibit that you'd like to share?
2: I think, I think uh, if I was to talk about... Well, that's a difficult question, but uh, The White Rider is an interesting painting because it's uh, if you go to the museum, and, and you should, uh, pay attention to The White Rider because that painting was a door. Then it became my palette, And then one night, I decided to pour a gallon of latex on it. And on the upper left-hand corner, there was, uh, I think, maybe a a pop-top, a cap of some sort, a round object that became the eye of the horse. It became the eye. So you start with an eye. You don't even know what you're going to do. And from that point on, it became what what it is. And I think that's an interesting... Um, process
0: and exploration,
2: and exploration, and so it kind of tells you that things come out of nowhere if you let them.
0: Well, to see the exhibition, it goes through April. Do you know the end? Date? I'll get you the end date of the exhibition. September. September. Thank you. It goes through September. Opened in March 11th. And to get more information, you can go to t m o r a. dot org. And we'll be right back. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, will be running April 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you'll have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Hosting over 350 artists, up for purchase will be paintings, photography pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for you to own. When you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at the St. Paul Art That's the St. Paul Art
3: As veterans, we committed to protect our country. We served and sacrificed for the things that mattered most. Those experiences shaped our lives, even if it isn't always obvious to those around us. And now that we've served, our commitments have taken on a new meaning. We're husbands, wives, parents, friends and neighbors but sometimes we still feel alone. We forget that our biggest challenge can be to ask for support when we need it. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans, service members, and their loved ones. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and press 1, chat online at veteranscrisisline.net, or text A38255, it matters. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or
2: the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com.
0: which is the Museum of Russian Art. And uh, we have a delightful set of guests here. We have the uh, executive director, Vladimir Torsikov. How are you, Vladimir? Good, how are you? Good, good, good to see you. Thank you for being here. We have the artist, Leon Husha. Welcome. Thank you. And we have storyteller and publicist, Melinda Nelson, who also will be sharing about Leonism and we'll be doing that probably in the next segment. But in this segment, we're talking about the Balancing Act, an exhibition that is at the Russian Museum of Art. And Leon, you have your family roots are in the Ukraine. You're an immigrant here. And you also, you were born in Vienna, which is not in Vienna, in Austria, which is sort of an interesting story also of how, how, you, um, how you came to America via Austria.
2: I was born in Austria in 1946. We came to the States in 1949. Mm-hmm. We came in a big boat, and I was a small boy. Ah. So there you have it.
0: So, but the, being a, coming, coming to America as an immigrant, has I have to imagine, has made an impact in your art and exploring your art.
2: Well, it's made an impact on my life, and mm-hmm. my art is my life. So mm-hmm. there's no disconnect there, of course. I, you are who you you are what you do mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. and uh, I had the good fortune of uh, parents who brought me here without a penny in their pockets and uh, built a home and a life. And uh, I'm the recipient and the product of that. Uh, the The immigrant experience, which I witness now, a lot of. I can relate to because the black eyes came and the bloody noses came in your neighborhood because you're an immigrant and your parents don't speak the language. This is all part of a process this country is built on and should be proud of. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with a bloody nose occasionally for a young boy. In fact, I, I think it's a good thing.
1: You
0: smile. I love that. <laughs> Good to get into a few scraps and to defend who you are. That's right. And to believe in who you are.
2: That's right.
0: Well, there's another image when you said the big boat. There's another image that comes up in your art, the fish. Tell me about that.
2: Well, I think I assumed that I would forever be looking at fish swimming next to me uh-huh. because of the boat. The captain would put me in front of the boat every morning. My mother would told me told me that many, many times. For some reason that nobody understands, the captain took a liking to me, and I would get to front of the boat every morning. Um. And the front of the boat I would sit, and I would basically be racing with the fish, mm. with the dolphins and the flying fish. And that's, it. that's uh, one of my strongest images uh, that I've lived with since I was a child.
0: They have a magical appeal, especially the dolphins.
2: Well, thank you. I, th- I think, I think uh, that whole world is magic.
0: So in uh, your pop-up art that you did, like the 2016, I believe, you had a pop-up exhibition, which mm-hmm. then led later to the full exhibition.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how did you initially get uh, connected up with the Russian Museum of Art?
2: I think uh, Vladimir started coming to some of my shows, and Vlad and I became friends, and we started talking about art. We started talking about painting. We started talking about uh, things that were relevant to both of us. And I think eventually that was probably the root of what happened in terms of the pop-up show.
0: And Vladimir, what did you see in his art that moved you?
1: Well, I think that in general the the, the exhibition that you see right now um was created probably very differently from from the way that uh traditionally we might uh, approach exhibitions, because in many ways, it's been the, the the result of conversations and considerations and explorations of Leon's art over the last almost three years. Um, and um, But I was really struck the first time I walked into Leon's studio, not only by the colors, but even in his own abstract way, there are so many traditional themes that really point to Leon's heritage, and you can make those... Um, you can make those connections there and uh... in in many ways it's also very unifying i mean yes minneapolis and the twin cities in general are a community of really immigrant communities and it hasn't just uh... stopped with the world war two displaced persons um, such as uh, part of the ukrainian community uh... in northeast um, it continues you see you see these waves Um and uh... To see some of those experiences also reflected in art um, that, that combine both traditional origins and um, contemporary, contemporary approach at the same time, I thought that was really fascinating.
0: When I hear you talk about it, it almost feels like a fusion, the fusion of the American experience with the traditional heritage of the Ukrainian and other uh, images and art that have... <laughs>
1: It, it really is in many ways. And you mentioned uh, the uh, pop-up ex- exhibition that we did in 2016. We really wanted to do something sooner rather than later. But, of course, with exhibition schedules, that's not always um, that easy. But we had an installation back then of another Ukrainian um, immigrant, also who came to Minneapolis to displaced person camps in Europe, Oleksy uh, Bulavitsky, whom... Uh, Leon knew personally, but really representatives, two representatives of different generations um, of the same, the same background in many, in many ways a shared experience. And uh, when it comes to this kind of unifying conversation, we thought that this would be a great discourse between the two artists and we were able to um, place Leon's art in the middle of the exhibition of Bulawitsky. So you had two different generations of Ukrainian-American artists having a dialogue through entirely um, different art forms in many ways. Mm.
0: Melinda, you call yourself a storyteller and publicist.
4: How did you first meet Leon? Oh goodness, Um, a number of years ago but before I met Leon, the man, I met Leon's art. I first saw his art in the home of an architect. And the the painting, one of the paintings in this architect's collection is called Lars's Painting, and it's actually in the exhibition. And it's a magnificent painting full of deep, rich magenta and purple. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I was fascinated by the color and the the vibrancy of the paintings. And then serendipitously, I met Leon at the Monte Carlo, which is really the epicenter of Leon's world. So if you ever want to meet Leon, go to the Monte Carlo at lunch. And <laughs> Good talks. to know. He's, he's holding He's court. got his spot. <laughs> oh, he is a VIP at the Monte Carlo. And that is an important key to understanding Leon and his role in the neighborhood and the community. So we're going to
0: come back after our next uh, break and we're going to be talking about Leonism that I, I believe, Melinda, you coined that phrase. So we'll, we'll hear about the movement that uh, Leon has inspired. Uh, and you're listening to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And to learn more about Tomora, which is the Russian Museum of Art, go to tmora.org. We'll be right
5: back. Fearless Comedy would like to invite you to relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy the moment. Because at Die Laughing, we'll be producing 50 straight hours of comedy. And if you go, you're going to need some rest. Die Laughing is a 50-hour comedy marathon taking place at the Phoenix Theater in Minneapolis from April 6th through April 8th. It will feature some of the funniest and most creative comedy acts in the Twin Cities, including May the Farce Be With You, a fearless Star Wars extravaganza that features work by Lori Beth Fitz. You can find the full lineup online at dielaughingmarathon.com. We know that you're excited. You might lose control when you hear that you can come and go for the entire weekend, For just a suggested donation of $20. But be calm. Save your energy. Otherwise, you may just die laughing. Die Laughing is a fundraiser for Fearless Comedy Productions. At Fearless, we believe comedy shouldn't be scary. It should be fearless. What
1: could be more Russian than Matryoshka, the nesting doll? I welcome you to see one of the largest collection of Matryoshka in the world, now on display at the Museum of Russian Art. A stunning range of sizes, types, and areas are represented, showing how this iconic souvenir has evolved over the last 120 years. Our thanks to Target for sponsoring this extraordinary exhibition, Open Daily. Find out about all our exhibitions and events at tmora.org. That is tmora.org.
5: Hi, this is Ken Hagelin, President of Minnesota Hospice, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on AM 950, Saturdays from noon to 1. Our team from Minnesota Hospice will be talking with Dr. Ira Biok how understanding our own mortality can lead to finding greater fulfillment and joy in life. Please join us Saturday from noon to 1 for the new Minnesota Hospice show and learn more about us online at minnesotahospice.com. The NLS Braille and Audio Reading Download, or BARD, web-based service and BARD mobile app give patrons the freedom to read their way, listen to their stories.
4: BARD is this beautiful web-based program for searching for books and for the ability to download them.
0: Now this next step with BARD mobile has just been a tremendous
2: innovation. It's a great way to have a book with you without carrying a book.
3: Wherever I go, Bob Mobile, the library services is with me. When you
2: discover you have an impairment, it can change your life. So take a little
5: time to find the resources that are going to help you restore what you've lost. For more information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov thatallmayread or call 1-888-NLS-READ. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for rain and snow today with a high near 41. Tonight, more rain and snow with a low around 23. Saturday, cloudy with a high near 25. And Sunday, sunny with a high near 34. Moe's Tax Service in Highland Park in St. Paul has been working for you, not the IRS, since 1971. With tax day approaching, they can help with all your taxes, whether you're self-employed, have a personal return, LLC, partnership, nonprofit, estate, trust, or more. Returns are usually e-filed the same day, and your refunds are fast and secure. Learn more at moestax.com.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we're having a lot of fun, and we're talking in this segment about Leonism. And you're going to say, "Well, what is Leonism?" Well, we'll we'll tell you about that. Uh, we've got some wonderful folks here that are going to be sh- that share about the Museum of Russian Art tomorrow. We have the Executive Director Vladimir von Surikov. We have Leon Husha whose exhibit is going on right now and will be through September, and I highly encourage you to go see it. And we have a storyteller and publicist, Melinda Nelson, who coined the phrase, or coined the movement, Leonism, which I hope will include a march, and that march, I hope, will lead us to uh, perhaps a restaurant that is well-known a restaurant that that we should um, encourage folks to go see at the the Monte Carlo that I understand that Leon holds court uh, occasionally at. So, my friend Melinda, tell me about storytelling, about art.
4: So, I am not an artist. I'm a writer. And I take so much joy in putting words to beauty, helping to explain the creative process. And Leon's work defies explanation. Um, And I always view my work as a privilege and the most exciting challenge is how do you describe an artist um, whose work is so varied? And I do believe in the collective unconscious and serendipity that guides us to meet wonderful people and see beautiful things and have uh, amazing experiences. And so, as I sat and tried to tell the story of Leon and describe his work, and his work is so extraordinary. There are elements of ancient art, there are archetypes, there are the colors of Matisse, there are the figures of Picasso. And I thought, how on earth do I describe this? And then I thought, Well, this is more than a paragraph. Leon doesn't fit neatly into any ism because he is his own ism. So the idea of Leonism truly just came into my consciousness, and because this is modern day, I quickly... um, amazingly went on to Namecheap, which is the best place to buy URL, and I was able to buy Leonism.com. There you go. So within, I, hope, I hope
0: playfulness is also a part of it because I, I think Leon's art is very playful.
4: Well, the beautiful thing about Leonism, and once I'd bought the URL, then I explained to Leon that he was now a movement, which fits neatly into the pantheon of great art like Fauvism and his Impressionism sure. and Modernism. But what we love about Leonism is that it is everything, it is everything. It is the past and the future, as Leon described, being in the car. It is all of Leon's work that has been birthed and it's all of the work that is yet to come. But if there is a a guiding spirit of Leonism, it is Leon himself (laughs) and he is playful and irreverent Uh, and charming uh, and iconoclastic. And all of these wonderful things. And so um, the there's, edit- a, there's a paragraph that you heard
0: mentioning that um, was written is, in a letter during the time that you were creating the Leonism that you think captures that spirit. Do you, do you have that paragraph?
4: I do. So serendipitously, um, several weeks after we um, created Leonism, a former studio mate of Leon's from decades ago wrote a letter On behalf of Leon. And Doyle lives and teaches in New Orleans. He had no idea of Leonism, yet he wrote, Leon's thought processes, like his expansive point of view about life and art, seem to move fluidly from one expected point of departure to another, yet end in a concise and convincing conclusion that he somehow improvises, like his imagery that's pinned, stacked, and leaning against the studio walls. And when I read that, I really, it was actually uncanny. I could not have written this better myself. And so this is included in the catalog. And we invite you to join the movement on Instagram at <laughs> oh, the real Leonism oh terrific hashtag Leonism
0: I will join I want to march I want to go to the Monte Carlo and uh, celebrate the movement there. So you you also can learn about uh, Leon's work. There is a 15-minute video. Um, that is at the museum as well. Is it available online for folks yes, to see? Yes, it's
1: also available both uh, on, on YouTube and on, on Facebook and also through uh, Leon's um, studio website as well. So it's plenty of places. And, of course, we have it also available for the visitors in the museum.
0: And there are prints on sale. So if you are drawn to, let's say the horses or the women or the fish that, that strike your heart. There are also fishes, as well as some of the pieces are on sale. Is that correct?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And open for purchase. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He gives this great big okay sign, which would be wonderful. Uh, so you do, were you always uh, exploring different mediums, or did you start as a painter and then move into other mediums? Such as the tile and the sculpture. I, and whatnot. I think
2: I started with drawing. Um, I have an, a, an additional piece of information people should know. That fifteen minute video that's available at uh, tomorrow was created by my assistant Jennifer Carnes. That's important to know. Uh, she's uh, very good with the videography, and it's a, it's a really a splendid piece demonstrating my studio and my work habits and my approach to art, if people want to know me better, that's really a good place to go and take a look. Or they can go online and they can check out. uh, Fifteen minutes is a long time. Mm -hmm. But... If I can say it, it's worth it.
0: Ah, Now, okay. <laughs> uh, something else that's kind of fun and playful about you is uh, that I, I don't, I'm not sure it comes out in your art. Maybe it does in a way that you can help. Um, is your sports? You you live next to the Twins, or you your studio is next to the Twins Stadium. Now it's oh it is now. It used to be yeah, near the Vikings, that's right. and you were uh, uh, an athlete, a football I, I was, star. I was. I was. I was. Nineteen sixty-four.
2: I was an athlete who had to make a decision when graduating from high school whether I was going to go play football or go do paintings. What a hard decision. (laughs) (laughs) There was no contest. uh, There's uh, never been a contest. I've never been anything but who I am.
0: Do you think that um, the playfulness of sports or the the energy of sports comes through?
2: I, I think... Uh, the one thing you can you can borrow from sports is discipline. And mm. I think without it, I'm not sure where I would be right now. That's always kept me in line. You have to understand discipline as a way of life. And once you do that, you, you, can't, you can't turn it back. It's, it's what you do is who you are. So let's be careful with what you do.
0: And follow your passion. That's right. And I understand that you also, when you have your... Uh, your gallery openings and your exhibits, you're a great conversationalist. I think that's also part of the Leonism that uh, our friend Melinda was sharing about, um, that your conversation... Uh, supports a way of thinking about the art in new ways. Do you like to hold court? Do you like to have conversations and bring people in?
2: This is shocking.
0: Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Tell me more.
2: Conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I'm a shy guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm humble and shy and receptive Uh, to other people's uh, ideas. I really am. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm open, put it that way.
0: So when you get to know people, does that inspire you to think about art in a new way and create I, art in a new way?
2: I love people. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is the deal. You know, we're here for free, and we should take advantage of this gift mm-hmm. called life. And that's who we deal with. We deal with other people. So you can either ignore other people and be a SAC, or <laughs> you can participate in, in learn from and teach mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're teachers and we're students at the very same moment. Let's get that straight. Let's enjoy it.
0: When you talk about life, it makes me think of spirituality in terms of expressing ourselves and claiming who we are and our spirit. I know you also have a background in art and spirituality. Vladimir, do you have some thoughts on this, on how we express who we are and our humanness through our art?
1: Well, art should always touch a person on an emotional and spiritual level. In fact, any single exhibition also as a whole should be able to do that um, if it is to be successful to really touch on those deeper emotions as well. And uh, we like to think, of course, at, at Timora that uh, we're able to fulfill at least in part what Dostoevsky uh, referred to as, uh, beauty will save the world. And I mean, it's something certainly that we need today, uh, more probably than in in recent decades, it seems that that beauty is missing. And um, so that's part of our vision.
0: Art can imagine. And I think that's important, is being able to imagine something that can be as well as what is. It's that view of the future as well as knowing the past. And I know part of what you also do is cultural diplomacy uh, at the Russian Museum of Art and how art can perhaps paint the picture for a, a, a better way for us to be as a people. Yeah, we, we hear you share, uh, Leon, about how we need to connect to people and that people can inspire us in this gift of life. Um, w- what are your thoughts about cultural diplomacy and how art can bring us together?
1: Well, since our focus goes, of course, beyond um, Exclusively a kind of uh, local direction, but but obviously focuses on international themes uh, through focusing on Russia and its culture and art and its legacy. Um, we can't, of course, ignore what is happening in in, in the world. So we're trying to bring together uh, artists, musicians, cultural figures, um, obviously from from both continents. Um, And today, on one hand, one may view that as an opportunity, but I think actually even more it's really a responsibility because there's so few platforms left where you can have a dialogue of that nature. And uh, in many ways, I think that we live in a kind of era now, again, that may have been labeled in the past as McCarthyism, Mm -hmm. where uh, Russia is the other it's the evil empire and, of course, the Russian people become the evil people. But we need to remember that it's really the people-to-people diplomacy uh, that that uh, cultural institutions and educational institutions really can foster, find ways to create that, that platform for mutual understanding. Uh, so as an uh, institution focused on... Uh, Culture, Obviously, cultural diplomacy is really central and important to us because there are fewer and fewer opportunities for dialogue between the countries. In fact, we've seen a decline in diplomacy ever since the uh, Clinton presidency, which I think was the beginning of serious cutbacks of uh, funding of the State Department. And in fact, as a country, we've moved from funding diplomacy to again funding just the military apparatus.
0: I think it's easy for the way the world is right now to go to fear as our our first choice. I think it's a tribalism. There's something in our amygdala that that it's an easy choice, but it's not a choice that creates possibility.
1: Well, people often are fear-based animals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to break through that and bring the humanity out on people through the beauty of art, which really allows us to highlight uh, what we have in common and not just what differentiates us.
0: And we'll be talking more about that in our next segment. Uh, You're listening to Connections Radio Show. And for more information on tomorrow, go to tmora.org. We'll be right back. Stages Theatre Company is dedicated to creating a space where diverse opinions, courageous dialogue, and community engagement is not only valued, but vital to our shared artistic and educational success. Stages Theatre Company creates a welcoming home for all. For over 30 years, Stages has supported quality theater programming for children. Stages gives opportunities for youth to be on stage, backstage, in the audience, and in the classroom. Whether you come to see a show, enroll a young person in a workshop, or benefit from their outreach programs in the community, Stages brings art to life. Learn about Stages Theatre by going to stagestheater.org and become part of the magic of live theatre by taking your family to an amazing show or enrolling someone you love in an education program. Stages Theatre Company operates out of the Hopkins Center for the Arts, located in Main Street in the heart of downtown Hopkins. For more information on Stages Theatre, go to Stagestheater.org. That's stagestheater.org. Connections Radio Show wants to feature your favorite nonprofits as well as the arts that mean the most to you. Do you have a nonprofit you care about or an artist that you'd like to have featured on Connections Radio Show? We have very reasonable advertising and sponsorship packages that would provide for an on air segment or perhaps a whole show. Interested? I'm Lori Fitz and contact me at fitzradio at gmail.com. That's F I T Z radio at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, will be running April 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is a must do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you'll have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Hosting over 350 artists, up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for you to own. When you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at the saintpaulartcrawl.org. That's the saintpaulartcrawl.org. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we've been talking about tomorrow, uh, the, Russian mu- the Museum of Russian Art, T-M-O-R-A dot org. A great place to go, a great place to be. It's really a, a, a Minnesota gem and so easy to get to, right off of 35W on Diamond Lake Road. And there it is, this beautiful museum. And we have terrific guests today. Uh, we have Vladimir Vonsurikov, who is our executive director, the overall director of TOMORA T-M-O-R-A. We have artist Leon Husha, he is putting out, his exhibit is absolutely exquisite. I am looking forward to seeing it in person. I have studied the art before he came today, but I am greatly looking forward to being able to see it live and in person. And we also have Melinda Nelson, who is a storyteller and publicist for art and has coined Leonism uh, for our understanding of Leon's work. In our last segment, we ended talking about cultural diplomacy, and how, now more than ever, we need to go beyond fear and talk about possibility. And art gives us that opportunity to imagine, to be playful. Um, I think the opposite of fear actually is feeling the freedom to be playful. Uh, when you're without fear, you have an openness, you're curious, you want to explore. Um, and I think art can help evoke that and support that. So. You have children that do art. You you bring them for their art to, to be playful. How do you see how the Russian, the Museum of Russian Art, can support education for the future for both children and adults?
1: Well, that uh, focuses, of course, on um, a kind of strategic programming uh, initiative that that we're looking at on an annual basis how to attract the different age groups and. Uh, Demographics, obviously, but I think that uh, your best plan won't be successful unless you have a product that's really uh, of high quality. So it's it's it's. I think that really the creative direction is is one that needs to be paid, of course, most attention to. Um, and uh, with us, obviously, in this current um, political crisis, I would say uh, it opens many more. Um, opportunities as well as I, as I mentioned during the last segment uh, that, you know, bec- because the museum can be a platform for that kind of dialogue that we want to have, whether it's an artistic dialogue, whether it's a creative dialogue, or whether it's again the kind of breaking down of uh, age-old myths and uh, pre- preconceived notions about the, uh, the other people.
0: On March 6th, you received the Silver Archer Award, I understand.
1: Yes, that's that's right. Um, 30
0: events that you have helped support to create a better cultural diplomacy.
1: Well, I'm, I, w- I was honored to be included among um, a list of individuals uh, that now for several years have been receiving the Silver Archer in Moscow for um, innovation in different areas including also in the public sphere and um, in the arts and, and culture. Um, but uh, that that award was in recognition of uh, really the efforts of cultural diplomacy which and, and I think that um, this is the major reason why I uh, was of course really uh, honored to to be recognized for that because the recognition of the need for cultural diplomacy is really the first, the first step. And um, we really struggle with this, I think, in both countries because today we see a situation that in many ways is even more difficult than the Cold War years where mm-hmm. when you saw much more collaboration, you saw the cultural exchanges that were sponsored by the State Department from the 1950s through the 80s. Um, all of these initiatives have um, pretty much ceased to exist and any kind of uh, support also is rather diminished. And um, we're really losing time because we might lose an entire generation of young people growing up who uh, grow up in a fear um, surrounded by really a a fear-based narrative. And, And it'll take a long time to kind of rectify that again.
0: But I think what you're doing in connecting with the thousands of immigrants that have come to Minnesota, whether that be, um, you know, the October Revolution, World War II, the breakup of the Soviet Union, there are people here that have a connection to Russia that you are helping to connect with them and connect with us and help us all better understand. And even if it's just started here in the Twin Cities and we do this right— and we commit to a cultural diplomacy, I believe that that can at least perhaps lead the way for others to understand and recognize the opportunity.
1: Very often it's difficult to even imagine that something that you're doing uh, on a local level may actually influence communities far beyond where where you live but um, this really is true because bringing together in the twin cities such such projects um... as the art of leon Hasha balancing act or art in conflict uh... creating these collaborations and conversations um, really has has a ripple effect and uh... while of course yes we focus uh, mostly and broadly on on the art of Russia, but as uh, as as we've covered before, also it's um, actually much broader in terms of our programming focus and initiatives than just Russia. I mean, we uh, right now with Leon we have a Ukrainian theme coming up in uh, September. Um, actually, in the current space of the art of Leon Hasha, will be an installation of an Armenian. Artist, a Canadian Armenian artist. Um, so really, looking also at those at those borderlands, looking at the neighbors, because that's also what diplomacy should be about. We should be looking at ways to establish good relations with our neighbors, because there are really so many things that that unite us. And um, I think that all of us are really excited about these opportunities. Um, and, uh, yes, what we, what we do on a local level, if, if we do it well, mm-hmm. it can have uh, much broader implications.
0: I want to make sure that the uh, folks know about Art in Conflict, um, an exhibition on the juxtaposition of the Soviet socialist realist artists and the nonconformists during the last decade of the Cold War. Uh, the Matryoshka nesting doll, which I love, is still there. Um, you've got Julian Gargello. Oh, come on. Tell me tell me, how to pronounce it right. Gargulio. There we go. Gargulio. we uh, will be in concert April 5th and Art of Vodka, April uh, 26th. Got to be there for that.
1: Um, absolutely. It's the third year in a row that we do that. Celebration. And, uh, it's, <laughs> it's fun, and it uh, doesn't just focus actually on any tradition that might be exclusively Russian because we are taking a concept – and we're making it actually local. This is where we bring uh, the world to Minneapolis uh, and we make it entirely local because featured will be 11 local distilleries who will showcase their product.
0: Wonderful.
1: April 26th. A we fun, look forward to seeing a you. A fun
0: fundraiser. And also look for the blue horses on billboards around the Twin Cities. That all promotes Leon Hush's art. And um, I'm excited. I hope you'll join me and come see Leon's work at the Museum of Russian Art. And more information is at tmora.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the museum. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us. By opening the